Witches are reawakening to their power all over the world right now. The world is being reclaimed. We celebrate in gratitude. Welcome to Bossy Bruja Podcast with your host, Ayodele Fuega of BossyBruja.com. Ayo is here to encourage and inspire you to live your best, most enchanted life. On this podcast, we'll discuss magic, empowering ideas, powerful spiritual practices, and books to support you on your path. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're so grateful you're here. Here's Ayo. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It's Bossy. I am really, oh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. I've been thinking about it for days. Um, someone online asked me to, you know, just explain a little bit more how um, I was able to live off of pretty minimal resources uh, as a 22, 23-year-old living in Atlanta um, and, you know, you know how I maneuvered that. I have refrained from talking about money online because it makes some people uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, um, I, and I just, there are certain conversations I'm just not willing to use my time having. So, you know, this conversation was requested and it's going to be about living with minimal resources. So back then, I was working at a um, homeowners association, an office, and I started out as a homeowners, um, like a, an assistant. So people would call in, they would complain about their neighbors, this one has a weird mailbox, this one has weird colored shutters, this one's speeding through the neighborhood, right? And having to <laughs> just talk to these people all day and take care of them and make sure that, you know, their complaints and concerns are getting to the right people and follow up with people. So it was essentially a, a customer service job and... You know, I was just on the phone all day. Um, I was, you know, I'm generally really quick, so I was able to start helping the woman at the front desk during her lunch break, um, answering the phone. So one day I was on the phones, and, you know, I have a pretty voice, you know. I'm pretty, you know, chipper. <laughs> so... I was on the phone and I answered and the person on the phone said, who is this? And I looked at the caller ID and it was the owner of the company, Gavin. And on the spot, like I didn't know that this happened, but on the spot he reached out to his executive assistant and they decided to fire someone in the office and to have me take over her job. So I was given an office. I, in addition to my customer service um, position, now was the second receptionist. I was the mailroom girl. And I was the person who ordered everything for the office, like all the supplies. And I'm the person who, you know, at the end of the day goes around, make sure, you know, everybody's good. Does anyone need help, support with anything? I'm 23 years old. 
I did not realize, I think I realized I had gotten a promotion, but I didn't realize that it was my total right to also request more money. So I was being paid (laughs) the same amount of money to do almost triple the work. And, you know, I just didn't know I was, you know, 20. I don't know. I don't know anything. So I was earning $864 every two weeks. My rent was $400 a month. Um, I had cricket back then. So my phone bill was about $40 a month. I budgeted $25 a week for breakfast. I usually slept during my lunch breaks unless somebody else was buying. Um, And then my dinner was $27 a week. I cleaned our house because I I had a roommate at the time. So I deep cleaned the house every Saturday. Sometimes he would cook. Um, So that would be nice. Um, And then my transportation was the MARTA system. So I paid $25 a week back then. So my budget um, was $400 for rent, $100 for breakfast, $108 for dinner, $40 for my cell phone, $100 for transportation a month. That's months that had, you know, four weeks, okay? So approximately $800 a month was used on my basic needs, which means I had about like 930 or so dollars left over for clothes, books, purses, movies, witchcraft supplies. Because at this time, I'd been a witch for like six years. So my candles and herbs and oils and everything that I would, well, I didn't really use um, a lot of oils or herbs back then. So it would have been like little statues and amulets, lots and lots of crystals and cards, um, and salt baths and things like that. But I wasn't doing, like I didn't dress my candles the way I do now back then. Anyway, so witchcraft supplies and then fancy meals. So if, you know, I had some extra money, I would go to, there's this great restaurant in Atlanta called Soul Vegetarian. So I would go there. Um, And I know like $930 extra a month, like that sounds like a lot, but... (laughs) For me, like, I've never been a person who really saves. You know, I'm just like, I'm going to earn more, (laughs) you know. So back then, $930 wasn't really stretching that far for me. Um, I mean, I could spend $930, you know, in five minutes. Like, it it wouldn't, you know, it's not a lot of money um, for me, but I was making do with that. So... For me, living off of that money was, it was, you know, minimal. I didn't have a car, didn't have a man. (laughs) Not that I'm, you know, some men, they do, they are money. But anyways, that's a different conversation entirely. (laughs) Um, I didn't have a car, didn't have a man. I had to take two buses and a train, get up at like five in the morning, be on the bus by five fifty five, my first bus by five fifty five, get to work by eight and work all day and didn't get home most evenings until about seven o'clock in the evening. So my schedule was pretty tight Monday through Friday. Very, very corporate. Um an hour and a half 
both ways. So about three hours a day in transportation, eight hours a day on the buses and or at work, and then um, eight hours or so for sleep. So a lot of my extra time was spent watching films and um, TV shows and listening to music and reading books. I spent a lot of money on books. If you look at my book collection now compared to when I first moved to Atlanta, it's like... 10 times the amount of books I had then. I think that's where the majority of my money went was buying books. Anyway, so I want to tell you about why that kind, like how I managed it, why it was such a happy time for me, um, and maybe give some tips on how to have enjoyable ebb seasons you know so like ebb and flow where flow is really great abundance and then ebb is minimal resources restrictions um um parameters and tight budgets I want to share with you how to do that so uh first though I want to tell you how to induce flow ways to instantly increase your income and things that actually work, okay? So three tips. These are three of the best tips I could give anyone. The first thing is to change your environment. And this includes the five people you associate with the most because there is this idea in the personal development world, um, mostly shared by Jim Rohn when he was still alive, that you are the sum average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you are associating with people who are lazy and they're always distracted, they're not focused on anything, no goals, no projects, nothing that they're working towards, who like to lounge and slouch around and not get anything done, that is going to affect you. You can take my word for it, okay? So you want to spend time with people who are interested in the same kinds of things that you're interested in and you want to spend time with entrepreneurial, enterprising people. My second tip is to change your language. You want to begin speaking in affirmations. Speak in terms of prosperity and abundance, never in terms of lack or being broke or poor or impoverished, none of those things. I'm telling you that when I was going through my lean years, nobody, like you could not look at me and think this is a girl who is living below poverty line, you know, at times when I was, you know, married to a man who was essentially a beggar for a living. I have so many stories from my past child. Y'all don't even know <laughs> how far she has come. Okay. Um, but looking at me, you, you wouldn't know, you know what I mean? I'm, I've never been the type of person to romanticize being broke and I never will. Um, and even in this conversation, I am romanticizing reality and I can't wait to get into it with you. So, um, that's the second thing, change your language. The third thing that you're going to want to do is to create value for other people. You want to create abundantly and with focus. That means that you can start creating podcasts, videos, posts. You can start offering services. You can start selling products. Find a way to solve problems for other people, and people will load your pockets down with gold. Now, during my leaner years, um, this particular um, 
case study or area um, was right after my first marriage. In that situation, I was married to an Aquarius man. He was in his late 30s. I was 20 through 22 and just about to turn 23. He had three children. I was with them the entire summer. I took care of them um, on the weekends when he was working. So it was a beautiful time. We had a garden. We were growing watermelons. But he was an awful manager of money. Like, he had money. He just didn't do a very good job managing it. He was a truck driver. So if any of you are married or dating truck drivers, you know they bring in bread. But just like I knew he had money, his family knew he had money too. And as a Muslim, he felt that it was his spiritual um, obligation. (laughs) We fought about this child. Uh, He thought it was his, because, you know, I am Muslim. I love Muslims, but... um, I think that it is a person's obligation and duty to take care of their shit before they start, you know, taking care of everybody else, especially people who aren't working, people who aren't contributing anything to their families, people who aren't even trying. Anyways, child, that, you know, that gets into a different conversation. Um, anyway, so his family knew he was making money. So they would call him child the day he got paid. They knew the day he got paid, they would call and ask for money. And he would give, he would give until the point where our lights were out. Our lights were out for months. Can you imagine? He would have to come home, boil water over an open fire in the backyard. We had this furnace in the backyard. Boil water to draw a bath. It was so ridiculous. It was crazy. We we had to go out and um, buy food every day, which was fun, honestly. <laughs> I love going out for food. We would um, get really great, high-quality food. That's one thing that he he would splurge hundreds of dollars on. He did not care. He would drop major dollars on food, which is, you know, whatever. Um, I ended up losing a lot of weight there because we were vegan and raw foodists. He was extremely into health. So I became extremely into health, even though he didn't have electricity, child. (laughs) We had some good-ass food, though. Anyway, so I ended up, you know, slimming way down to 125 pounds, which is lighter than I was in high school. Anyways, so I eventually left him because I couldn't trust him to take care of our basic needs as as a family. I left. So this is where I am now living with a roommate. I'm paying $400 for the rent every month, $100 on my breakfast, $108 on dinner because I was still doing the raw food veganism thing and um, affordable phone bill, affordable transportation. So I was really, really happy back then to be free, to have electricity, I was really happy. Um, And I learned firsthand that health is happiness. Like you might not have a lot of financial resources, but baby, if you are physically well, 
I was walking everywhere, which, you know, helped me stay in great shape. But it's also wonderful for my mental health. And my schedule was very, very simple and very, very um, clear. I was super happy. I felt light. There were no, nothing vexing my mind, no worries, no concerns, no health concerns. It was a beautifully um, happy time in my life. So that's one thing I want to say is that if you are in a season of flow, or sorry, a se- a flow or ebb, child, but especially if you're in a season of ebb, one of the major things that you should start focusing on is your physical health. I want you to get outside, walk, or it might be cold where you are. So maybe a treadmill um, or, you know, doing some some light yoga, maybe yin yoga or um, a nice vinyasa flow. There are a lot of um, free options on YouTube these days. So get that body moving, drink water. You can buy a gallon of spring water from Whole Foods for 89 cents. You know what I'm saying? Um, just make sure you're drinking enough water and moving your body. Because even if you're feeling conflicted about your financial resources, if you're physically well, you are more likely to feel happy in spite of what the fuck the money is doing or not doing. So first, again, I'm not romanticizing lack, but I am romanticizing reality. And I want anyone who listens to this episode to learn to recognize the goodness and the opportunity in an ebb moment. Um, And it's just a moment in our lives where it seems like our growth is stagnating. We may be experiencing a full-on regression or recession um, or reduced or waning opportunities and resources. So we are doing uh, what we need to do, but with less. Okay. So here are the benefits of a period in your life like that. First of all, there are fewer distractions. People come around (laughs) when you get money, but people can really fall off (laughs) when you don't have as much money, right? Like, you know, my husband didn't have any, or my ex-husband didn't have any money. Nobody's fucking calling throughout the week. They call on payday. You know what I'm saying? So you have fewer distractions. Um, people who are distractions, you have fewer, you know, a lot of things that we might want to do cost money. You know, subscriptions even for, t- like, TV shows and things. Um, I guess in this day and age, because back then we didn't have TikTok and Instagram had Facebook, um, you might easily find yourself scrolling for hours and hours on a free app like TikTok and Instagram. Um, so you want to still be careful of distractions, but if it's like, I can't go to all the concerts and all the movies and go out shopping and go out eating at restaurants and meet with my girls for drinks and all this extra stuff, then you naturally have fewer distractions. And that is a major benefit of the ebb season because with fewer distractions, comes greater focused, uh, a greater focus. And another thing for me during that time was increased spirituality and practice. I think that that is one of the best things about um, struggle is that it drives us back into spirituality. I have been teaching for almost six months now, I think. 
and in that time, I've tried to impart to my students the incredible importance of maintaining a consistent spiritual practice so that when things take a dip, they don't dip so low. I think that things take a extreme nosedive when you're caught out there without your spiritual, um, I don't know, your spiritual practices, your spiritual attitude, your fucking spiritual armor. Like when you're caught out there without your tools and your weapons, like you haven't been practicing, you're rusty, you're not prayed up, you know, you're not in a place of gratitude. You're carrying around a bunch of excess emotional bullshit. Like you're already feeling bad. Now you're worried on top of that. Haven't been praying, no fasting, no casting spells, no working on the grimoire, no, no nothing, no visualizing, no affirmation. Like you haven't been doing anything spiritual or magical. And now a tough time hits. It's like, girl, <laughs> caught you slipping. Um, and you know, ebb is going to drive you back into spirituality and practice one of the major benefits. Another thing I've noticed is increased creativity and resourcefulness. You have to do what you have to do, but with minimal resources, this automatically ensures that you become, um, more creative, more resourceful, so that you can find, you know, additional uses for the things you already have or learn how to stretch what you have and make it more um, efficient for you. You become mentally sharper. You become a person who strategizes, right? You pen and paper. This is how much money I have right now. This is what I need to do. This is what I need to get done. This is my next paycheck. You know what I mean? You, you go into strategy mode It's very beautiful. You start to seek answers and solutions to your personal problems and challenges. Um, instead of just, you know, letting things sit, uh, when you have more resources, it's like, well, I can, you know, pay someone to help or I can I'll handle that later or you know I'm focusing on work right now or I'm going to ignore this emotional thing and just focus on getting money because I have more control in the, my life area of work so I'm going to ignore that so when the resources are you know um, a little bit limited it's like well now I have to use my creativity and my intelligence to solve this problem because I can't just throw money at it you understand um and that even goes for relationships. How many of you have ever had a person throw money at you? Like, here's a gift. Here's a vacation. We're not going to actually sit down and talk about the problem. We're just going to go on a trip. <laughs> you know, you when the resources are ebbing, but you, you got to sit down and, and, and talk, you know? Anyways. Um, also, you experience a deepened sense of self-reliance and God-reliance. It's like, this is when you <laughs> were for me. I went into miracle mode. Like, there are some things that I just cannot, uh, first of all, rely on other people for. There are some things that I, I need help with. Like, I don't know how to solve this. I'm going to, again, go into my spirituality, my spiritual practice, and call on God and pray and ask for a miracle and please let this come through and help me to be all right with, with this and help me to, to be strong. And 
So relying more on the self, more on God and not just on the dollars in your pocket. This is excellent training. Another thing um, is relying on spiritual and intellectual um, and, and emotional sustenance, right? When it's not like, oh, I have all this extra money. Let me go out and buy a, you know, $70 steak dinner. Let me go out and shop. Let me go out and distract myself with a movie. Let me go do something other than be here with myself, right? When you have fewer options like that, you have to fall back on your own spirit, intellect, and heart to sustain you. And what I mean by that is this is what feeds me. No longer am I looking and reaching for external things to feed me because I really, a lot of that stuff costs money anyways, so instead, I'm reaching within to spirit, to my own mind, to my own heart to sustain me. Another thing um, that you may experience in the ebb seasons of life is deeper enjoyment of simple pleasures, which is one of my favorite things. I tell people that because of all the different things that I've gone through, especially in my 20s, where I lived with very, very minimal resources, um, my baseline for prosperity is very low. It does not take much for me to feel rich and happy and grateful. It doesn't take much at all. A new book, a nice bookmark, a pen. Bitch, don't let that pen write smoothly. (laughs) A new pen, a nice, you know, go to uh, Target and get me a new coffee mug for $4.99. Beautiful, bright colored little coffee mug. So cute. A nice, um... Oh, a nice steaming mug of some um, skin detox tea from Yogi. What? With some local honey that I got from the Whole Foods for $8.69? Bitch, it do not take much for me to feel like I'm that bitch. Like, put on some Nakshampa incense, burn a little white sage. I'm going to put on, you know, some of that, that nice, like, hurts music that you can listen to on YouTube and I'm gonna read me a book right quick that is deep enjoyment of a simple pleasure you know a box of yogi tea is five dollars and you get all those tea bags you know if you like me you might you get two cups out of one little tea bag you know so it really just doesn't take much to um to make me feel like I'm having a very very beautiful satisfying wholesome fulfilling moment and that's something that I developed through my uh, my ebb seasons where you know this mug of coffee really is a big deal this five dollars my first week of the month I had 66 dollars left over and I use $5 on some tea, I'm going to pay attention to this tea. I'm going to enjoy this tea. I'm going, you know what I mean? I'm going to steep the fuck out this tea. (laughs) And I'm going to drink this tea. And I'm going to have a great time. I might turn it into a ritual, maybe some tea and journaling or tea and read a chapter in this book or tea and write out a prayer or tea and work on my grimoire. You know what I'm saying? Or tea and work on the next chapter of a book I'm writing or a short story that I'm creating for shits and giggles. You know what I'm saying? So, 
the ebb seasons really do because there are fewer things to enjoy (laughs) you know I'm gonna really enjoy this and I think that that leads to greater gratitude it also reveals your real friends and support system and I really just feel like that's one that does not need to be explained so here's what I did during that season I've already told you how I budgeted out the money I've shared with you my um why I was in the situation, like what came before it. Um, I shared on my schedule, my budget, um, some of the things I did with extra money, some of the benefits of that season. And now I'm going to share with you um, some of the things that I did. So number one, I prayed and I visualized, right? Oh, I've also told you how to, induce flow right some of the answers that I have some of the things that I teach I got those things from experience you understand I know them because I experienced the pain of not knowing them okay um the moment I got away from my husband (laughs) my first husband the moment I left this irresponsible man who apparently had because you see like people who have some type of an aversion to money they got to get rid of the money as soon as possible they got to go blow it off fuck it off gamble it away give it away like people who are not who have a uh, not a good they don't have a good prosperity consciousness they subconsciously get rid of money my husband my first husband had that so the moment I got away from him right I started earning my own money. I started seeing um I started seeing more prosperity. My home was beautiful. I have electricity, I comfortable bed, um feeling safe, right? Cuz listen to me, when you live in a house, there I lived in a small one-story house um in Atlanta, you know, in the cut somewhere no electricity. That means there's no security system, no alarm. My husband would get up to work at three, four o'clock in the morning and be gone all day. That means that I'm in the house with no security, no man, no electricity. I can't see if somebody is in there. It's pitch fucking black in my house. I did not feel safe. Now I'm living in a house with a, you're my big brother. He's like six, four, huge, like burly, bearded <laughs> Taurus man with huge dogs, like four huge dogs, security system, cameras, guns, like this. <laughs> I felt safe. I'm telling you that the moment I let go of that situation that was no longer serving, that situation that was not good for me, that lack situation, I got almost immediately the opposite. Somebody who was extremely hardworking, grounded, you know, this man was, my brother's fucking rich okay he owns several of the houses in um historic west end in atlanta and rents them out always on a trip always buying a new mercedes like the man got money and originally he was going to charge me 500 dollars for rent but he saw that i was just trying to get myself together after a marriage so he went down to you know to the 400 for me so what i did is I prayed and I visualized. 
if you go and you look at my old, old, old videos online, a lot of the things that I would post online, I was posting during extremely difficult times. You can't tell it from looking at my face because there is something about the, the practice of prayer that just transforms me. Second thing I was doing is I was building my personal library and I was reading more. Why? Because I can't really afford to do shit else. <laughs> I would do an occasional like yoga class or go to some kind of a, a sister um, circle because I lived in West End. So it was, you know, we had the Shrine of Black Madonna. So we had the um, Israelites. We had um, the Black Muslims. <laughs> We had um, we had everybody. We had Christians, Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, everybody was in there. It was like, in my head, this is what, like, fucking Harlem back in, like, the 60s must have been. Like, black beauties everywhere. All black-owned businesses. Just, this is where I met King. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. <sighs> anyway, so, th like, this was just such a beautiful phase and season in my life. Walking down the street in West End Atlanta in like the summer of what it must have been 2012 and 2013, you know, with my headphones on, just bought a new book and maybe a body oil because there was a bookstore that also had body oils in the in the front of it and like all these obscure albums, like mixtapes on CD and cassette tape, <laughs> like just such a fucking fun time. And I had to walk through here every single night to get home. So. I was building my library. I was buying a lot of great literature, and I was reading, honey, because a real good book, girl, good book could last you a, a good five days, and that become a part of your schedule, especially when you're on a bus three hours a day. You get on that bus, you might listen to a nice, you know, Lauren Hill album, pull your book out your purse, girl. This is why you can't complain about riding on the bus. In my opinion, you can't complain about riding on the bus because a bus, that gives you plenty of time to read a good-ass book. The third thing I was doing was enjoying art, especially film. I was watching my favorite films over and over and over and over again. And then if there were, like, open mics, there was this place where they had yoga classes, sister circles, vegan food, and they also had open mics occasionally. So I would go out and enjoy the open mics because they're free. So I can enjoy the open mic, listen to some um, local talent. I'm obsessed with artists, especially artists who use their words um, as their their main medium. Like that is, I'm really, really into that. So, um, you know, if, if it's like, oh, my God, you know, there's an open mic coming and it's going to be on Friday, I will go home, get dressed, walk all the way back down into that, that hub right where Soul, um, Soul Vegetarian is around there. And I, would, I was making friends with the Israelites. Girl, they used to talk my fucking head off, okay? Those men are so smart, but they never stop talking. So annoying. Anyway, so I would go to the open mics and sit there. <laughs> And, like, be enjoying a little night for myself, you know? 
And it was a, a rare thing. I don't remember going but a handful of times, but it was a rare thing. So I really, really looked forward to those times. Four, I created clear objectives for myself. I knew how much money I had for food. I knew um, what, like, what things were coming up in the community, what things I could go to, how much things cost. So it became, because I had a budget, it became very, very, very clear to kind of um, chart my path. Like, this is what I can do that day. This is what I can do. I have this money, um, this extra money right here, maybe $20, $30. Let me go see if there's a good book I can go buy read this book for the next three, four days or whatever it may be. And because, you know, the budget was restricted, you know, there wasn't, I couldn't do everything. So it became more focused and easier to figure out what I could do. Fifth thing I did was I relied on inherent, this is what I call it. I call it relying on inherent resources like my legs for walking, <laughs> which I love. It's just so cute to me. It's so beautiful and clean and wholesome and pure and simple. You know, I'm not ever going to be the person <laughs> who complains I don't have a car. Bitch, I have legs. Are you kidding me? I grew up with, you know, my grandma, I was growing up in upstate New York. My grandma, she would, you know, in a fucking foot of snow, get up, put on her her garments, her undergarments, her clothes, get nice and toasty warm, put on a nice coat, walk smooth past her fucking car, and walk all the way downtown to go to work. Like, I grew up with walkers, like people who really will use their motherfucking legs and feet <laughs> to get to where they're going. You never gonna hear me complaining about having to walk. There have been so many times in my life where I'm walking somewhere. Like having a car is real. Like I'm excited every time I get to drive. Um, Cause you know, in the beginning of my life, I, it was all bicycles, buses, trains and walking for me. Like that is, that is what I, I did. And it was n like natural to me, like having a car, I think in some to some people, depending on the way they grow up, it's like an automatic thing. It's like you have to have a car by a certain time. To me, it's like my legs is my car. <laughs> so when I was in an ebb season where I can't, there's no money for a car, um, then I was perfectly fine falling back on my natural vehicle, my legs. You know what I'm saying? Um and my natural ways of entertaining myself, which for the for as long as I could write, it's been writing. I would write short stories. There are so many stories I have. I have hundreds of notebooks. I was going to say thousands. There might be thousands of notebooks that are filled with stories. So I would rely on my own internal entertainment and transportation. The sixth thing that I would do is I would create for others and support others. So this is, you know, I might have a prayer call. I might have, um, I might have um, a series of prayers that I post or a blog that I'm working on. Um, I might create a little video. I might 
you know, a friend might call me and say, you know, how do you create a vision board or something? And I would share those things with them. So I would find a way to support others. At that time in my life, you know, after being married to a Muslim, I'm cleaning the motherfucker. The one thing I'm going to do is clean the house. Okay. Uh, so I would deep clean the house once a week on Saturdays. And my brother, roommate, he said to me, he was like, nobody, like I've had so many roommates over the years, nobody has ever, ever cleaned the house, let alone cleaned it as well as you do. And that was my way of, of you know, being a help to, to people. So many motherfuckers are so selfish. I can't imagine, like, being broke and selfish at the same time. It's like, how can you even afford to be selfish. I don't I don't understand that. For me, it was like of course I'm going to I'm so grateful like you knocked $100 off of my rent. I'm so grateful to even be able to live in such a beautiful house to feel this safe, to feel this warm, to know you got my back, to know, you know, like mornings when I would oversleep or something, I'm super late. Like if I needed him to take me down to the the train station real quick, he would jump in one of his cars and take me. You know what I'm saying? And he was just, a, a, he is just a nice, protective, beautiful, hardworking man. And I love him. Um, so that was my way of, you know, supporting other people. And what you find is when you're a giving person like that, people have no problem giving to you. He used to go and buy salmon and like he would, he would get some nice greens he might, you know, fire up the barbecue or something. And he would usually feed me on the weekends, which was really, really, really nice because I was like, not, <laughs> I was, first of all, couldn't afford this kind of food. Like he was super healthy too, but like salmon, like that was fancy. Like I can't afford no fucking salmon. <laughs> I could afford the little veggie wraps, $4. I used to get these, they were they were like grape leaves, I think, wrapped around like some kind of raw um, like rice thing. I don't know what you call them. And then I would have this nice rice, and don't fucking judge me, <laughs> like rice and raisins, like a little salad. Oh, my God, it was so good. I used to eat that every night <laughs> for dinner. So on the weekends, I'm having like maybe my first warm meal of the week. And it was something he would cook, which I think my body really likes because I'm a person, even to this day, I'm a huge snacker. Like I can snack for two, three days and then take a meal. Like I'm, I don't know if other people are like that, but I don't need like a big meal every day like that I don't think I've I don't know if I've ever been like that I don't think I've ever been like you know most people think you you know you take a major meal three times a day I started hearing people say you take a meal like you take small meals three times a day and then you do four to five snacks throughout the day I'm more like that more snacks and very very light eating um, so I'm basically a chipmunk. <laughs> I'll be snacking. Anyways, um, 
so yeah, when you when you're giving to others, they give to you. So he would prepare meals for me. Um Lots of fish, lots of seafood. I seem to remember like a gumbo at one point. He's a real good cook too. I think it's a tourist thing. I don't think I know any tourists who can't cook. All tourists can cook, I think. <laughs> I don't know all of them, but I think they all can. Anyways, the seventh thing I did was I maintained cleanliness and orderliness. When you don't have a lot of stuff, I feel like this should be really, really easy. Like your your space should not be messy and filthy if you don't even have a lot of things in there. It should be easier to keep the floor, you know, clean and keep things organized and keep the soot cleaned up for the most part. Um, So cleanliness and orderliness. And one thing I find about keeping things in good conditions is you can attract more really easily. The eighth thing I did was I rested very, very well. I mean... I really, rest became one of those things. And this was really rare for me, which is why it's on my list. Because I've always been a person who's like on the go. When I have a lot, like I have a lot that I can do, I am going to do it. I I don't know if it's a Sagittarius thing or what. But if I can do a lot, I'm going to do the most, okay? Um... But when I was in, and usually too, because when I was in high school, my best friend, like she lied on her, her um, papers to move into the country. So she was actually two or three years older than it said on her paperwork. And she acted like it. She, it was like a well-guarded secret. But one day I found out. Anyway, so she was, like, in high school working a full-time job at the hospital in the kitchen. And I would just be like, you act like an old person. (laughs) I would say that to her all the time. But I didn't have any money back then, but she did. And she was my Aries friend. That girl used to buy me anything and everything, like food mostly. So a lot of burritos. (laughs) I love burritos. Like she would buy me burritos. That's why I love that little video I posted the other day of the burrito, baby. I'm so into burritos as well. But she used to buy me burritos, babe, all the time. And anything, like anything I want. It's like she's the type of friend you have to tell her, like, no, I'm good. Because she will just always take care of you. That's how I know Aries are not selfish people. Aries are people who will, you know, tear your face off for the ones they love. Like they're super protective of their loved ones and they really will step up and take care of their loved ones. What I see with Aries a lot of times is that they kind of step in as like a second mama and, you know, take care of their siblings. And they really, really care about like family and stuff. So I don't know why people think Aries are selfish. I've never seen that. Um, I think they have a lot of drive and a lot of um, clear goals of of what they desire and that they are willing to step out first and be pioneering and um, to make the first move and to be the first ones to do something. And they actually like that. They like being um, in first position because, like, what other positions are there? But I don't see them as selfish. I see them as having a lot of self-respect but they are extremely giving to the people they love. Like maybe if they were selfish to you, they don't really, never mind. We'll, we'll move on to the next one. Um, 
That's how you know an Aries man, maybe he don't love you. Because when they love you, they're very giving. Guess who was an Aries king? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, (laughs) nine. I chose healthier food. So when I was married, I was vegan, raw foodist. So I can, I continued that when I was by myself. Um, For the most part, I continued that. I was doing a lot of like cereals with milk and um, fresh juices. I left my juicer at work. So I would buy like a bag of carrots. I did a lot of, they used to clown me so hard. I did a lot of carrot juice and I don't even like now carrot juice is very sweet, but I'm not a huge fan of carrot juice anymore because I think I just drank too much of it. I would do a lot of, um, green apple. I would do a lot of pineapple. I'll do a lot of carrot juice. And it was good because I used to get to work about 30 minutes before everyone else. And my juicer was loud. So I got to juice before everyone else got there. I don't, I feel like this whole thing is just me fitting, like getting in where I fit in, figuring shit the fuck out for myself, learning to kind of slow down and relax and be more grateful and enjoy um, more simple pleasures in my life. And you know, not rely on external things to be my sustenance and to just like go within and figure out how to sustain myself emotionally, intellectually, um, and spiritually, you know, within myself and not, you know, eat my feelings or distract myself to death, but to really just be with myself and to enjoy moments and to be able to watch a film alone and really be in my room by myself laughing my ass off, (laughs) like laughing my ass off, um, and really sticking to a schedule because I mean, what else am I going to do? Ain't got no money to go spend on nothing. So let me stick to my schedule and get some sleep. Um, and Two last things. I practice a lot of yoga asana and meditation. Like mostly my meditations are very focused on visualizing. Um, but I would I would sit with myself a lot and stretch this body out a lot, especially after all that walking child. And then the last thing is when I really, really, really needed help, I would ask for it. So here's the biggest thing for people who are going through kind of a a waning period or an ebb uh, season in life. People can't help you if they don't know what's going on. I remember at least two times where I had to tell my brother, listen, I don't have the full amount for rent right now. I'm not going to get it until next week. So can I pay what I have now? And then I will give you the rest then. And that man would be like, just give it to me when you have it. But the only reason he could help me is because I can tell him, this is where I am. This is what's happening. I think too many people, you know, that saying closed mouths don't get fed. I think that the problem a lot of people have is that they won't just fess up and be like, yo, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time with this. Um, here's what I can do. And this is when, you know, I'll have more. You have to just tell people so that they can make preparations on their end. Cause I think a lot of times people aren't really mad that, you know, you're not coming through like that man, he's rich. He's not mad at me for not being rich, but if I, 
don't communicate to him, then I might, you know, possibly put him in a bind. I think people just appreciate communication. So that's all. Uh, I hope that this podcast, this is kind of, <laughs> I don't know if this is very spiritual. I was, it was interesting. It's definitely making me feel like um, this would be a really good time to kind of, and I have been doing this. Um, I wanted to buy, I don't even want to say. There, I'm going to tell you, though, there are these gorgeous, um, clear holographic um, little singing bowls. I saw on the girl who always starts all of her videos by saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I saw her with them. I'm like, oh, my God, need. They were $1,700. I really almost bought them. Instead of buying them, I put the $1,700 in savings. Because here's what I'm doing right now. I'm not spending unnecessary money. I'm not. Especially not for something that's not an absolute clear necessity. I'm not doing that. What I am spending money on are fresh, cold-pressed juices from Whole Foods, flowers for my altar, candles, more products for the shop, oils, uh, bottles, this is mostly stuff for work, um, for myself, gym membership, gallons of water, vitamins, um, and then my streaming services. So in addition to like my bills for like house and car and electricity and Wi-Fi and stuff, I'm just buying what's basic needs. I'm not even buying books right now because I have so many books already, many books that I need to go through and um, and uh, read that I don't really need to be buying more. I have an overabundance. I have a plethora of things in this house to do, to read, to use. So even like Usually I would go, especially if I have an attitude, I would go to the nearest motherfucking wood shop and go buy me something. But today I was just walking through my house and I'm like, I have, first of all, my house is a witch shop. And I can just go through here and find something to, to mess around with and ain't got to spend no more money. So I feel like I, I, this is a great conversation and I'm happy for the sister who asked me to talk about this because I think I'm kind of in one of those places where it's not ebb, but it is conservation for sure. It's like, I don't need to spend a bunch of extra money on anything. Like I'm, I'm in a pretty good place right now where I can simply enjoy what I do have. And I hope that you are too. I love you. Um, and feel free to make any more requests. That was fun. Okay. Peace and blessings. Be back soon. This podcast episode is sponsored by CBDWitch.co. Our high quality industry leading herbal vitamins and supplements are helping millions experience overall improved well-being. Whether you need to support your body in losing weight, gaining weight, getting better rest, or you want high energy with zero crash, we have something in store for you. Go to www.cbdwitch.co to learn more and shop now. Thank you again for listening to Bossy Bruja Podcast.